welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry. Once again, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by the Daily Records and the Newport and Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott. We'll be looking back on Rangers 1-0 win over Hearts on Wednesday night. Malik Tillman with the only goal. It kept the gap at the top of the table to Celtic to seven points uh, with one game to go before the winter shutdown away to St Mirren. Of course, the reason the gap is seven points is because Rangers went down 2-1 to St Johnston at McDermott Park on Sunday. That was their first defeat up in Perth uh, for 12 years, I think. Um, how are you, boys? Very well, you? Yeah. Well, first of all, as I touched on there, uh, obviously we'll go back to the St Johnston game on Sunday um, a bit later on. The pressure was on Giovanni Van Bronckhorst on Monday morning after that result. But let's start with last night. Obviously, that was must win. Had Rangers failed to get three points there, the really questions really would have been asked of whether Giovanni Van Bronckhorst would have been able to survive. But even with that win, Andy, does it change anything, do you think? Or is it only delaying the inevitable? Um, I mean, who knows how the Rangers board are going to react. But I, mean, I do think you, you, we're sort of in the end game for Giovanni Bronkhorst. I just I, I can't see how um, he can turn around the current deficit. And I think for Rangers to lose the league in the manner that they have so far, I don't think it's acceptable. I think um, you can sit there and you can uh, bemoan uh, the injuries that the, the club, that the managers undoubtedly had to deal with, which have been you know crippling so far. But there's still a manner of how you go about things. Um, the way that they've they've been battered really in the Champions League, the way that they've um, surrendered to Celtic in a couple of uh, really vital uh, league games this season and last um, just leaves a sour taste in the mouth of supporters. And when you get to that stage when supporters start turning against you, uh, as we saw uh, McDermott, you know, there's a a few chants after one of the goals. There was punters waiting outside the stadium for the, the players and, and the managers. They went back to the team bus. Um, I think that just generally tends to, to point in one direction. Of, of course, you know, if, if the board decide to give them the time, if they can get some guys back over the, the World Cup break, if they can make a positive start, if they can perhaps get a result in an old firm game, uh, the old firm game in January, then... You know, perhaps he can turn it around, but at this point, it looks unlikely. I would say, Scott, um, what do you think? Is there any way back? Or I mean, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst said after the game last night, he said all the things I suppose you expect him to say. I mean, that you know, of course, the chat title challenges on. I mean. St Mirren on Saturday must win. Then you start thinking, well, it's Hibs. The Rangers play first after the winter break. So, I mean, they're at home at Hibs on the Thursday night, December the 15th. You know, they win that, the gap's four, and then Celtic go to Pataudry. Is that just wishful thinking on the part of the Rangers board? Well, listen, stranger things have happened in football, Gav. Um, as Andy said, I mean, who knows, they could... Get, they could win on Saturday, get through the break, come back refreshed, players back, you no know, tactical tweaks, whatever's been worked on in those, you know, that kind of four or five week break. And then you win the old firm game in January and suddenly, I said, we've been in this game long enough to know that 
no, a, a win in an old firm game can suddenly change a lot, no, change the landscape, change the feel around the place, um, and suddenly there might be a way back. But I agree with Andy at this moment in time, it's really difficult to see that happening. I still think Van Bronckhorst looks <clears throat> like a dead man walking at the minute, and I don't think anything that happened last night in terms of that performance changes that. Um, I mean, they just had to get out of there with a, with a victory last night, and they did it. And I suppose you need to give them a bit of credit um, for keeping a clean sheet, you no, know, for getting over the line, for you no, know, finally coming up with a, you know, a wee bit of magic for for Ryan Kent to uh, to carve open the goal. But you no, know, there was still serious uh, groans last night for the crowd. Yeah. I think the the lack of belief and the draining. Uh, the drained confidence in this team was evident again last night, particularly in the first half. And it's just really, really difficult to see the manager somehow getting that back. Um, I mean, listen, I think I do think the break will come at a great time for them as long as they can get through Saturday, which won't be easy mm-hmm. at St Mirren. But if they can get through Saturday, I think he will be absolutely delighted to get that break and get players in and. No, do some proper work, try and get confidence back up, try and get players back. I do think getting players back will give other players a bit of confidence. Um they can work on certain things, they can up they can well, they can almost flush the, the whole Champions League disaster at, at their system and try try and start again when they come back. But the bigger picture, is he gonna last as Rangers managers, he gonna turn it round and put in a serious title challenge this this season that looks very unlikely at the moment I mean that is the thing but about last night I mean if players aren't playing for them I mean when that game is going the way it is last night and Clarks I mean you just knew Aberdeen obviously played into Rangers hands a couple of weeks ago when they came to Ibrox and allowed Rangers to produce one of their best domestic performances the best domestic performance Aberdeen decided how I go you knew you just knew Robbie Nielsen being the title manager is he's, he's a bit Cuter, isn't it? You knew they were going to come and, and do that last night. But when the game's going that way, if players have chucked it and they're not playing for the manager, I mean, is that not the kind of night when you know, well, if you don't get the win, it's just going to finish them? That you know, that they would sort of down tools. Does that not tell you something about them that they did manage to grind it out? I think it does, and certainly in Kent, Ryan Kent's case, who I thought was poor in the first half, you know, whatever was said to him at half time, um. He really upped his game in the in the second half and was by far the best player on the pitch. Um, not just the goal, came up with another no another two or three really good moments in the game that could have resulted in Rangers goals. Um so a few players did up the performance and did ultimately get their manager out of a hole. Yeah. I don't think it's so much about players chucking it, Gav, or or even no playing for him. I just think you can't understate how um, the confidence has been drained out of this team in the first half. They were making the wrong decisions. They were picking the wrong pass. There was times when they broke on hearts and they had like 4v3, 5v4. Should have resulted in a goal or at the very least a shot on target. But again, they made the wrong decision. They weren't confident enough to go and take a man on and commit people. And with the crowd on their back, that, that doesn't... That doesn't help. They are just so low on self-belief at the minute. Um, 
And listen, part of that, you know, the managers kind of almost included. And I, I think the problem with Geo, as opposed to players not playing from, is the whole thing just is a kind of hodgepodge. You now, I mean, it, it doesn't know, it doesn't know what your best three in midfield is, which is a problem. He's got no idea who the best right winger is. He goes from Matondo to right to Sakala. The three in midfield change all the time. And if you just told Rangers fans a few months ago, your three in midfield's going to include Tillman and Sands in the middle, they would have probably laughed at you when you've got guys like Davis, Arfield, Kamara on the bench. The Kamara situation on its own is just is just bizarre. There are, there's so much wrong in there. And that's the thing. It's no just... It's not just poor performances; it's everything that's around it. And as as I say, I just that it's really, really hard to see a way back. Something major is going to need to change during this break. Whether it's listen, if they can get Goldson back, Tom Lawrence back, mm-hmm. um, Yanis Hadji back, even Roof back, because I think they need more up front. Um, Things might turn around, and as I say, Zella, an old firm win would be big, but they need to get to that old firm game still in touch with Celtic, and at the moment that looks doubtful because this Rangers team, from performances this season, no, they, they did show a bit last night to get that win, but it wouldn't surprise you if they go to St Mirren on Saturday to just another kind of lacklustre display like they did at St Johnson. And St Mirren have shown this season at home they're a decent outfit. They've already beaten Celtic. They'll set up in a way that I think will, will frustrate Rangers, but at the same time cause Rangers problems. And um, if no, if they don't win in, in Saturday, then it's it's back to being a disaster again. Andy, do you think? I mean, Ryan Kent has come in for plenty of stick. Is that this is a, a team? A squad that has been totally underperforming throughout this season has some of the criticism on him being singled out been harsh, maybe because of his contract situation and that he hasn't committed and he's free to talk to other clubs uh, come January. Um, when you see and when you see what he did last night, as Scott said in the second half, does it show that he could be the guy that could go from scapegoat to saviour? There's absolutely no doubt the guy's talent and, you know, what you saw last night. I was at the games at St Mirren last night, but from the highlights I saw, obviously, the, the run he makes. He draws in four players out to bars, just that gets a goal. That, that shows what he's capable of when he's on form and playing at his best. But I just don't think there's any doubt that he's not been anywhere near his best this season, you know. And, I th- you know... It's maybe unfair that he does at times get compared to the two wingers across the road at Celtic in terms of what they produce, in terms of goals and assists, those numbers, especially goals. You know, he likes Abada getting in the back post, scoring goals is just something that Ryan Kent doesn't do. Uh, okay, maybe that's not his game, so to compare that might be unfair, but at the end of the day, when, when Rangers are sailing um, behind the title race, you, you start looking at the areas where um, Celtic got an edge on Rangers, and that is one of the, the significant areas. Just the goals that they can get from across the front line, where Rangers really at the moment seem to be reliant on Antonio Cholak. If he's not scoring, not many other folk are. I mean, in terms of Kent's form, you know, we, we know what this guy's capable of. We've seen him in old fun games, we've seen him in Europe, torturing teams, uh, you know, coming up with big moments. But the thing that's always been the, you know, the 
the concern with Ryan Kent ever since he came up here is, is his ability to do it consistently, do it week in, week out. You know, he, he's never been a guy, you know, trying to think of a, a sustained period of form that he's had. I mean, I think back to the closed door year, the year that they won the title, he starts the season in incredible form, gets player of, the, uh, player of the month. Everyone thinks he's going to go on and dominate this season, and he just sort of tailed off. And it wasn't until the sort of second half of the season that he started coming back into form. And, you know, listen, if, if Rangers are going to get back into this title race, if they're going to have a, a positive second half of the season, they will need Ryan Kent to play the way he did, apparently, last night. But I think there's, there's no doubt that the reason, perhaps, why you've not even really seen many teams linked with him. You know, he's previously linked with Leeds when he was when he was performing well. You've not really seen that this time because, you know, he's just not at that level. And this is this will be the quandary for the likes of Ryan Kent and perhaps Alfredo Morelos. You know, they've, they're both talented enough that on their day you would think that they could go down to a Premier League side and make an impact. But right now, I just don't see any of those teams willing to to offer them anything because they're just not performing at a level that would justify it. So, you know, it's a big decision for them, you know. Where do they go from here? Because, okay, they might have ambitions to play at a higher level, but, you know, nobody's, that, that, that offer's just not really come. So, are they better perhaps staying with a club with the stature of the Rangers that have a chance of playing, you know, Champions League football, European football? Or are they just, you know, is, you know, right now Ryan Kent looks at a guy that's going to disappear down into the Championship and, I would never be heard of again. You know, I mean, that's 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 where his career seems to be heading at the minute because he hasn't performed at a level that yeah. would suggest that he can go to, to bigger and better things. I think what Andy's saying there is exactly what Kenny Miller said, or pretty much what he said in his column the Sunday Mail uh, the weekend, isn't it? Yeah, but I think ah, he basically said no, Morelos and Kent had a chance in Europe to go and show what they were about and get get clubs interested because they were getting a contract and yeah didn't they grab that chance? And know? also, what would you get for them now, you know, as Andy's, Andy's saying. But, but Andy, the point I'm making is, is Ryan Kent being dragged down by the situation, you know, by others in the whole situation at Rangers, you know, and everybody's looking to him, it's unfair to look to him to be the saviour when, when everybody's performing. If a new manager come in tomorrow, I mean... Plus, it's not that it's easy to play in a, in a team that's successful when everyone's on form. Yeah, but he... But you've, he got to be, you've got to be at this level, you've got to be responsible for your own performances and his yeah. performances haven't been good enough. Right? Yeah, and the problem is with Ryan Kent, if Rangers squad was strong enough or constructed better, Rangers would have been able to take Ryan Kent out the team when his performances have been poor. But unfortunately, and it's been like this now for, I think, you know, three, four years, it doesn't matter how well or how badly Ryan Kent's playing, he always starts. Because they've got nobody else who's at that level. They've got nobody else to compete with him on the left wing. I think Andy will correct me. I mean, I think Gerard maybe took him out of the team once, but it wasn't quite happening for him. I think he's only been a sub a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe when Scott Arfield played left, when they kind of tweaked things tactically a few years ago. But whether it's been a contract situation or his poor form, in an ideal world, Van Bronckhurst would have been able to say, listen, you come out of the team for a couple of weeks, you're not playing well, no, get your head right, get yourself back on form. They've not even been able to do that. So he's had to just play through this, no, this kind of negative period, this poor run of form, no, having to play while obviously the contract situation is up there. 
I don't think it's been ideal at all. But as I say, that that again, that's a bigger picture of where Rangers squad is, you know, where the recruitment has been. Yeah. Ryan Kent has to play every week, even when he's playing poorly. I mean, what, what a statement that is. Even when he's playing badly, he still has to play every week. Well, that should, that should never be the situation. It's not just the same with Kent. You could say the same for Tavernier. You could say the same yeah. for Bolton when fit. You know, these guys play week in, week out. Lundstrom to an extent now as well. So, I mean, the, and there has been so much negativity fostered upon this squad because of the Champions results. You know, OK, they're seven points behind, but, you know, before that, if you'd taken away the, the Champions League results before Sunday, you would say, right, OK, they were, they were still trailing Celtic, but, you know, they were... It wasn't a total disaster in terms of the position they were in. Still, some three old firm games you could see them turning it around. But obviously, the, the the just the sheer negativity, the, the doom, the gloom, the despair that's been heaped upon the squad because of the way they've been dismantled in Europe. It's just dragged confidence levels down and down and down. And it's been looking for a a few weeks that you know, especially because the, the heavy workload, the guys are having to play week in week out because of injuries. This team just badly needs a rest. It, you know, it's, it's amazing to say that you're what two, three months into a season, but this team just looks shot. So, I mean, perhaps in that sense, then the the, the World Cup break, you know, could be a really good thing for this team. Just allow them to go away, switch off, refresh, come back. You know, get as Scott says, get a few of the guys that have been injured. Perhaps one or two of them might come back and give them a wee lift. But again, this all comes back to. Do the board still believe that Gio Van Bronckhurst is, is the guy to, to turn this around, or do they need to make a change? And um, you know, signs so far is that they're willing to stick by him. But you know, I, I think the fact the, the, the fans are already unhappy enough with this board. Obviously, you're going to see them getting a pretty hard time. I'd imagine the AGM. Perhaps I think that might come to a point with this. They'll realise the strength of feeling mm-hmm. that. It's, it's against them at the minute, so you know it's it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out in the next few weeks. But you know, I, I tend to agree with Scott. I, I just I, th- I think a change a change is coming. Yeah. I don't I don't think you can underestimate Gav the Champions League beatings and what, what they've done to this team, what they've done to this squad. No, it's easy for people to say, well, I mean, when they expected to do it, no, it's against the big guns. But I mean, this was a team that go to Europa, a European final. Last season, and all of a sudden, they're getting scudded all over the place. Four, seven, three at home. I mean, I just think certain players in that squad, you no, know, because of the beatings, would have just been, you no, know, it drains confidence. You start to ask yourself, you no, know, am I good enough? And what's happening? You no, know, why can we not do what we did last last season? You no, know, I think there are things around that that haven't helped, and I don't think the managers helped himself. Well, we go back to the, the post-Ajax interview after the first game saying, no, we can't compete. I think it was the wrong thing to say. I think it sent out the wrong message. So he hasn't helped himself in that regard. And there are obviously other factors, but no, I, th- I think I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. I mean, whenever Rangers have, have looked as if they might get a wee bit of momentum domestically, no, the way the Champions League's been this year with the games coming thick and fast, I've just... No, they. They, they two four nils against St Mirren and Hearts where you think, right, this is them. No, you win four nil at Tynecastle. I think the next game is Liverpool and they lose seven. And it's just like absolute hammer blow to, to confidence. Yeah. When you throw in the injuries on top of that, and I actually don't think enough has been made of the, the amount of injuries mm. that they've had to, to key players. When you put all that together, 
Well, you do start to feel sorry a wee bit for, for Van Bronckhorst. And I say at times he's not helped himself. Mm-hmm. I think the players have helped him at certain times with performances. Um, I go back to some of the decisions he's making about you no-no know, on his midfield. Mm-hmm. I think at Perth and on, at the weekend, he made some poor decisions with subs and stuff like that. So he hasn't helped himself at times. But the mitigating factors mm-hmm. in those Champions League beatings as well as all the injuries, I think, had a huge impact. You, you look at Celtic in comparison. Mm-hmm. Celtic didn't win a game in the Champions League, but didn't feel the way Rangers have felt. No, that mm-hmm. at no point did they take a hammer and were they no kind of beating up with one of these big guns. Um, maybe well, Real, Real Madrid, they were. Yeah, maybe Real Madrid in the last yeah. game. Yeah, but even the Real Madrid home game, they're well in the game for an yeah. hour. Yeah, yeah. No, Shakhtar and Leipzig, they were. No, they were always in games. Um, they never quite took that absolute beating that that would that would knock confidence out of you. Rangers had to take that well, pretty much in every game, and I think that's a that. I think that's the massive bearing on them. But when you listed all those things there, I mean, you ring everything off there. I mean, it, does that not tell you? And I know the fans' reaction, and, and I get all that. But I mean, surely, do you not think that's how the board are thinking? That they'll be listing these things and also factoring in, you know, the fact that, that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst got them into the Champions League, which then in turn earned them millions. I mean, do you not think part of them is thinking, well, look at all these reasons, you yeah. know, Champions League beatings knocked the confidence out of this team. And by the way, we would rather have been there because it allowed us to get the money, you know. You know I, I, yeah. I think if you're Van Bronckhorst sitting in a boardroom or a board meeting, you're you're rhyming off these things. You're saying, no, the money he's brought in for players, the money yeah. he got for the Europa final, some of the results he had in the way to that Europa final, results that, that Steven Gerrard looked incapable of getting before Van Bronckhorst arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, the money he's raked in for the Champions League. Remember, a, a massive win against PSV. I mean, it's, you look at PSV now, they're doing well in the league, they're doing okay in the Europa League. Now, that was a massive result for Rangers. It's amazing to think They've gone for celebrating in that PSV dressing room, getting to the Champions League to this you no know, utter state of despair they're in at the moment in such a short short space of time. So if you're Van Bronckhurst, that would be all the reasons you're throwing. And I do think that's why the board will give them a bit more time and are giving them time at the moment. But it's just how how bad it gets domestically. Yeah. I mean, it's when, when listen. If you get if they lost last night and it goes ten points, or if they lose, right, right, right. it's ten. Yeah, well, it gets to a point where it's where yes, it's unachievable, no matter what. Do you well, know, that's, you know, that's what I you know I was trying to think of examples in my head of, of times when you thought, no, that's it, and and you know the other teams come back to win. I mean, I can probably off the top of my head only think of three. Well, it was last season Celtic, first of all, were seven behind at some point, yeah? I think there were seven. Six, um, six, I think it was. Oh, was it six? Was that the most? Yeah. Okay, but early on, I think people were writing off Ange Postacoglu. You would not have expected them to come back mm-hmm. uh, from that. The other occasion, well, of course, was uh, when Neil Lennon was in charge and they were, remember, although they were 15 behind, I think um, Celtic had games in hand, so 15 probably. It was 15 at its highest, but Celtic games in hand. But it was still a huge lead, although Rangers did go into administration and things yeah. didn't help. There was also all the things behind the scenes going on there, which uh, are for Rangers. 
But Celtic are back to win it. And then the other time I was thinking was when Scott McDonald scored the winner at Ibrox just before, a couple of days before New Year, scored the goal at Ibrox. And that put Celtic seven points clear. I think it was the 28th or 29th of December. And you thought then, no, there's no chance. Uh, but Rangers come back to win it that season, 2009. That's probably the only three times. Yeah, helicopter Sunday campaign, five points behind. Of course, five. Yeah, OK. Five, I suppose yeah. Helicopter Sunday, yeah. Um, I, I know. I was thinking more at kind of early stage in the season, you know, but I suppose that that, that one, that, that tops them all. <laughs> but, it, but it really happens, doesn't it? I mean, seven. Yeah. I mean, Scott says, if it, if it gets to nine or ten, there's no chance. The, the point is, Rangers are trending right now. Where Rangers trending? Are, are they on? A, are they okay? They're seven points behind, but they're trending up or they're trending down right now. They look like they're trending down the ways. Yeah. So I mean, something seriously consequential has to happen for this to change it. You need to either get a raft of players back. You need to make some major signings in January, or you need to change the manager. And to be honest, right now you probably think you probably need to do. At least two out of three, maybe all three, to give Rangers any chance, and so and even then it would be a big a big task because Celtic, are, you know, playing so well and they've got this ironclad mentality. We've seen it, you know, even when they're not at the best, they can concede yeah. goals late on. And they still manage to dig out a result in stoppage time where it's just not something you see Rangers doing right now. So. Uh, yeah, it's a long way back. I think. Well, that, that's, that sort of thing. Something could happen across City. Celtic, yeah. could be unlikely, but that's the other thing that maybe need to happen. Also, you would even think there was maybe a chance if Celtic were on a run in Europe, you know, if they had a Europa League run or whatever, yeah. they were playing game after game, you No, know, yeah. Rangers could maybe take advantage, but when you look at it, I just think the fact that Celtic, no, they're not in Europe anymore, they've just got this clear run now, they've got, you know, they've got a head start, Andy says their squad looks strong. Postacoglu can change it. Can a week on week, two or three changes, it doesn't seem to affect them. It's just very difficult. I mean, listen, if the old firm game was tomorrow at Ibrooks, you could only see one winner. No, the way it is with Rangers injuries, forum, confidence, you would think Celtic would go to Ibrooks and win comfortably. So that's why there has to be, between now and January the 2nd, there has to be a huge change. Um, no, within that Rangers squad, in terms of morale, confidence, belief, whatever you want to call it, um, to somehow get into that old firm game, believing they can beat Celtic and then actually going carrying it out. At yeah. the moment, that's that's so difficult to, to envisage. Yeah, we touched on Kent earlier and we bracket him and Morelos together really when we're talking because they were, they were such key men in winning the league. Their contract situations are the exact same. He spoke about Kent getting a game because there isn't any real alternative that's not the case with Morelos. Cholak has um, Cholak has been uh, first choice a lot of the time, but goals have maybe dried up a bit from like one in eight, albeit we're including Champions League games in that. Morelos looked decent when he came on um, against Hearts. Could it be time? Do you think he could be like Kent, maybe ready to find his form at the right time? Would you start him ahead of Cholak? Who was also left out of the World Cup squad, wasn't he, for Croatia? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, something needs to change. It's, it looks like a team that needs a wee bit of impetus, so maybe you, you try it. But you know, they, they tried it in Europe, and you know, Mariels didn't really do much at all there to suggest that he was ready to come back in. And Kolak, you know, domestically has been, you know, 
it's been on fire. You know, he's tailed off a wee bit recently, but um, that, that tends to happen. But his scoring rate's been great. I, th- I think the, the problem is still with, with, with Cholaki is that is clinically as, as he is inside the box, outside he, he just doesn't occupy defenses the way that Morelos does. And you know, right now Rangers really need everyday sort of contributing in every sort of facet of the game. So perhaps, yeah, Morelos, it might be time for him to come back in, but it depends. You just put, you know, it still doesn't look a guy who is peak fitness. It's, does he look like a guy that's utterly motivated? Or, you know, I, I think if, if Alfredo Morelos was desperate to be back playing and was desperate to show the manager that he was ready and willing and it was, was put behind all the issues that, Gio Van Bronckis himself has spoken about. He'd have done it by now. You know, we're, you know, how many months are we on from PSV when he when he was left out of the squad? But two months on, yep. and he's still he's still not got himself back into a, either a physical condition yeah. or, a, or a, a level of form that's convinced his manager that he deserves to be played. And I think that's a concern, you know, especially with his contract ticking down. I mean, is this just going to peter out? This a guy who's been a talisman for this team, who's been so vital to everything they've achieved over the last three, four years. And it just feels like it's just petering out. And it's, I think it's just sort of symptomatic of the the malaise that's sort of set up on the club. But just things just feel a bit tired and... I totally, I totally agree, Andy. I was, I was surprised last night when I got in and seen, no, looked at some social media comments praising Morelos for his performance when he came oh, on. I just didn't see that. Oh, well, sorry, I was just taking it. I was just assuming there that, uh, sorry, I should have asked you first of all what you thought of him already. So you're saying he uh, wasn't? No, uh, <laughs> listen, he, I mean, he, he was okay. Cholak. He missed a big chance later on as well. Cholak, right? Cholak had a relatively poor game. Morelos probably came on at the right time, but, I mean, Andy's talking about the malaise. I mean, he came on last night, and honestly, there was barely a cheer went up when he came on. I mean, this is a guy that's, you no, know, last year or year before me, standing ovations every time he got on the part or came off the part. He's the club's all-time European goal scorer, and yet, honestly, there was barely a cheer went up when when he came on last night. Um, he missed another sitter when uh, Tillman set him up in the box, has to score it. Sclaffs it, he's, he's shot um, he's straight into Craig Gordon. No, he missed the sitter against Ajax <laughs> at home that he should have tucked away, albeit after he'd, he'd kind of worked hard to charge down the, the keeper. But I agree with Andy. I, I just think this guy looks now completely disinterested, miles away from the player he was um, no, a couple of seasons ago. If he was, as Andy says, if he was really keen to get in ahead of Cholak and be the be the main man again, he would have shown far more in the in the last uh, in the last couple of months. And listen, I think Morelos all round is a better player than Cholak. Cholak's obviously a better goal scorer, a better finisher. But if you're the manager, no, Cholak works hard. He's happy to be there. He wants to be there. He's determined to score goals. He looks like a real team player. No, you listen to any other Rangers players, and from what I've heard, no, a really good trainer. No, a real team team player, as I say. You compare that to Morelos. No, how, what's the manager going to do? You're going to pick the guy as opposed to Morelos, who no contracts up, looks disinterested. As Andy says it's taken him. How long to get to a level of fitness after he's 
after his injury. I think it has to show far more. Look, he might throw him in against St Mirren. He might feel as if last night he did show enough when he came on he merit a, to merit a start. And as Andy says, they, they need something to, to spark. They need a change, maybe. I've already said, look, with the midfield, Nat Geo's just throwing the dice with, with people and hoping no, he gets a couple of, couple of sixes. So he might just throw Morelos in on Saturday to try and give them that wee bit of impetus. But he's not shown anything to me to suggest that he's ready to, or he deserves to go in as the number one striker again. Uh, I still think he's, he's miles away for that. Okay. Right, just finally, uh, we'll go to an area of uh, your expertise, Andy, uh, financial accounts. Did you notice how I veered away from Scotland? <laughs> no. no, seriously, Andy, I read all your stuff yesterday. You clearly had your head on and about it. So, <laughs> oh, no, I mean, record income, 88 million, the highlights, you know, 6 million quid profit, uh, player sales, 11 million pound profit, obviously Nathan Patterson, part of that. Sports Direct, finally off the club's back, uh, 6 million pound, a lot of loans paid, repaid, you know, but made a profit, record turnover. Is, that not, is this not where the club... This is where they wanted to be. This is a bit working to get to this point. Yeah, hundred percent. That this is a, a big step in the right direction for the club. Um, you can see perhaps the, the accounts um, give some sort of answers to where all the money that the club, the fans were thinking was going to be spent in the summer. Obviously, having to pay mm-hmm. off eight million quid to make Ashley is put a huge dent in that. I mean, that's, a, that's another Ryan Kent and, and more. Yeah, you know I mean, um, it's a huge... That, that's that been a blunder, I think. I mean, I don't think there's any getting away that that has been a costly error, whatever it was that... Uh, I, mean, I, I seem to remember a, a press conference with Dave King uh, four or five years ago where they, they thought they'd come to an agreement with, with Mike Ashley and that, that was it and they, they wouldn't have to pay anything more. And, well, they totally misread that situation because it's it's come back to bite them uh, to a significant uh, tune. Um, and then, obviously, they've also prioritised sort of paying off some of the director loans, uh, which is the director's rights. I mean, I think I read somewhere this week saying that since 2015 regime change, directors have paid in something like £88 million. Pounds. They've had something in the region, about £20 million of that paid back, but... A lot of that's been converted into uh, shares, but you know it shows you know that the board's taken a bit of stick recently, and for for many um, for many of those situations, really. So some of the things they've done haven't uh, been correct and have upset fans. But I don't think you can doubt the just the, the commitment that, that, that this group of um, you know investors have put into the club. I mean. To put in that level of finance with no guarantee you're ever going to see it again uh, is is to be applauded and it's really allowed Rangers to get back to the, the position they're in now. Um, I think, you know, the one thing that the the account shows that, like Celtic, and I think this will always be the case with the two clubs playing Scotland with the t- level of TV money that they have access to, is that, you know, day to day they're still loss making businesses and it's really only Europe and uh, players trading that allows them to, to, to get anywhere near making a profit and, the, and obviously these figures don't include the 
twenty-six million pounds, whatever it was, the club brought in over the summer with Joe Aribo and Calvin Bassey going out the door. Uh, they don't include the Champions League cash yeah. that's been brought in this season. But I think the concern will be that given that the way that this squad's performing, the way it's you know they've got ten, eight or nine guys out of contract in the summer, including you know Kent Morelos, which were you know a couple of years ago would have been your two most sellable assets. Mm-hmm. Um, Where's the next big sale going to be? Who's in the, who's in the guy who's going to make them twenty million pounds like Calvin Bassey did? Yeah, obviously Tillman. Um, they've got a right to buy him, but right now he's still not their player. Um, mm-hmm. You're looking at Barisic. You know, is his form you know good enough to bring in? You know, he's I think he's getting towards thirty now, so yeah, yeah. I'm making much money. Uh, Tavernier's the same boat. Uh, you know, Leon King could very well, very well, uh, you know, bring us a lot of money over the Mondays. Obviously, very young, but you know, he's had some tough, tough experiences yeah. this season. Yeah. And then you, you look around the squad, and you know, Cholax, you know, again, both squad record's been very good, but you know, mm-hmm. he's 28, 29. Um, you know, I, that's the concern is that, you know, where are they going to get? They're talking about player trainings that are huge. Vital part of the the business model, you know, Rabbi Matondo. I mean, three million quid. Yilmaz, actually, that back at the moment he the way he's playing. So same uh, with Yilmaz. No, yeah, perhaps, but again, we've, we, you know, that's a big if because we've not really seen much of him so far to to, to say that they would make a return on him. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So um, that's the concern I think going forward is that yeah. obviously that. The club of stresses at player trading is the 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 key pillar that's going to allow them to you know to succeed in, in years gone by. We've seen how vital it's been to Celtic success, but you know it has to go hand in hand with recruitment. The recruitment coming out the squad has to be good in order to get the players out to make the money. And so far, uh, it hasn't been up to scratch, and I think that'll be the the concern going forward. The concern for me is. I mean, Andy's right and everything he said there. The concern is, no, they have spent money. I think Andy's right. The repayment of the loans and the Ashley stuff, no, that, that does explain a lot. And maybe when Rangers fans in the last day of the window, I think they were going to splurge more money and <laughs> getting big players in. It didn't happen. There was a bit of disappointment. I do think, no, the accounts have, have explained that. I don't think you can be critical of that. But ultimately, they still spent, I think it's in the accounts, was it 11 or 14 million on players in the in the summer? Was it 14? 12 things familiar for me. I need to go back through them, but something in the region of that. Yeah. Uh, between 11 and 14 million on players. And as Andy touched on, what have they got for that? No, what, what, what are they looking at? No, when they look at the, at the squad at the moment in terms of value, in terms of current value and future value, in terms of selling people on. It says player purchases eight. Is it eight? Well, even even eight million, Gav. I think for Rangers, no, in the league that they're playing in, I think still a significant amount of money. Um, even if it is only on two, three, four players, and you need to see, you no, know, the way the world here, you need to see a, a kind of immediate return on that, either on the pitch. I think that eight million pounds is for last year because if you remember these. Accounts roll up to June and Rangers never made, never did yeah. much of their business until of July. Course, of course, of course, of course. Well, even, even kicking that on, though, they've obviously spent again in the summer. And as you said, 
it's difficult to see how they're going to make money back on on some of these guys. And you know, the likes of Matondo and that clearly isn't producing on the pitch at the moment. So I think the bigger picture is the is the recruitment. No, they need to get that right. Andy's right. No, with, with the lack of TV money, when you're so reliant on on Europe and player trading, your recruitment's got to be absolutely spot on. Um, and I don't think you can say that about Rangers in the last the last couple of windows. I mean, there's been once there's been a couple of you would say success stories. You know, you've got to think spending what one and a half million on Cholak has been a good good bit of business in terms of his goal return so far. But no, those kind of success stories have been kind of few and far between I think and that's for me if you no know, if it was a board or a supporter or whatever and you're looking at the you know the way the finances are that would be my concern is the recruitment good enough that we're getting real value for money when let's be honest every penny as a as a prisoner because of the because of the league they're in because of the situation they're in. Great. Right, okay, I won't keep you any longer. Thanks very much for your time. And are you going to Paisley on Saturday? Yes. I'll be there, yes. I'll be there. You'll be there as well. Oh, it's right? the dream team. It's the dream team. Oh, brilliant. Right, okay. You, buy, you pick me up, Scotty? What's that? You can pick me up in the way. You can walk to it, can you? <laughs> <laughs> right, good. Right, okay, so we'll look forward to reading your stuff this week, Sunday Mail, Daily Record and online, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you both next week. Thanks again for your time. Cheers, boys. Cheers, guys. Cheers.